So it's good to be here. It's been a busy week. Uh, my family, we moved, and, and, uh, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, James chapter 4, as I mentioned, but before we get into the Word of God, I have a, an idea to submit to you, a uh, class name. So we've been going around and around. I know we got the owls, we got the eagles and the hawks, right? They're all birds. What do you guys think about being the cows? <laughs> the cows, right? Christ's obedient working saints. No? 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 Okay. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. Hey, so I got, I've had a couple ideas, and nobody's brought anything to me yet. So, uh, yeah, you can make fun of them all you want, but nobody's contributing. So, but, uh, yeah, I thought of that. Sometimes I think of stuff while I'm driving, and I'm, oh, the cows, that would be, apparently it's not as great as I thought it was in my mind. The cows, yeah. The lady cows will be meeting today. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, keep trying. Okay. All right. Pastor, you say you can cut that out. Am I being recorded? Cut that? Yeah. <laughs> so James chapter four, this morning we're going to, I know we've been in, well, I say we have been, but I've been gone for about six weeks, I guess, and I uh, haven't been here and, and I'm excited to be back. And it's a blessing to be here and uh, it's a blessing to be able to serve the Lord. Um, what a blessing. Oh boy, it's it's exciting to serve God, and and if you're not experiencing that in your life, you need to get a hold of something and do it. Um, but this morning we're going to pull away from Second, First, and Second Samuel a little bit in the life of David. We're going to talk about some some priorities or time management, if you will. And uh, <clears throat> I've been uh, thinking about this a little bit in my own life, and and I felt like the Lord would have me share it with you all uh, this morning. And so James chapter four. In uh, verse uh, 13, we'll read on through the end of that chapter. We'll pray and we'll look at a few things here. But did you know time management becomes crucial to the success in sports? It really does, right? You think about the football game. That's where I usually think it, they got the, the hurry up offense, if you will, or the two-minute drills that they do because the clock. They have a limited amount of time to accomplish something, especially if you're down. You're, maybe you get one score and you can, you can be ahead. Um, but it becomes critical. And, and listen, as Christians, we got a clock to manage as well. The difference is we don't know when that clock's going to strike zero. We don't have the two-minute warning. And we, we know that there's 120 seconds. We, get, we can accomplish something. We, do, we just don't know. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And uh, we're not promised anything after today or this moment even right now. And uh, our life is on the clock and if we keep that in mind, I think it will help us to be more focused on God's purpose in our life. Uh, sometimes we get used to just the mundane every day. It's, it's the same old, same old, and we kind of lose the purpose of what God has for us in our life. And uh, I know that to be true in my own life. And so this morning, uh, we're going to read these verses, we'll pray, and we'll see what God has for us this morning. Uh, Again, James chapter 4, verse 13 says this, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting... In your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. 
Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to gather together with the people of God this morning and come before you and, and worship you. And we pray, Lord, that you would just be uplifted and glorified in everything that's said and done. And that, Lord, you would give us something from the Sunday school hour that would help us to be better servants for thee. Lord, do a work in our midst. We pray that you bless each and every class here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's easy to get distracted in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you ever sat down and wrote down a list of to-dos or priorities? I've done that. Usually, most often, I do it at work. Um, I, I have a, a little notepad, and I things that I need to get done today, these are urgent things uh, to keep my boss from breathing down my neck and, and uh, taking away a stripe or something like that. Um, and then here's some things that, that I'm forecasted that I know that are coming up, and, and you kind of to work off that to-do list. And I do that in my life as well. Um, And that's good to do. But you set priorities in your life. What always happens? Uh, I read a book. I I think Paul Chappell wrote it. It was a little tiny booklet. It was, if he didn't write it, I picked it up at their church one time when we visited and passed through there in Lancaster. and, And it was the tyranny of the urgent. Those things that pop up in life that, that are kind of unexpected, you don't know what, and all of a sudden it consumes all this time, and that to-do list you had just, and those priorities that you set are just, they're gone, because you have this urgent need that, that's just popped up, and, and, and so we need to be careful not to get distracted in our, in our walk with the Lord and in, in the purpose that God has for our life. And if you would, turn to Nehemiah chapter 6. <clears throat> Uh, Nehemiah 6 in, in verse 1 says, Now it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah uh, and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why uh, should the work cease while I leave it, whilst I leave it, and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sword, and I answered them after the same manner. Listen, Nehemiah had a passion and he had a call uh, to rebuild that wall. Uh, he had a purpose. He, he, he was focused on something, and, and uh, God had given him uh, something to do, and there were distractions, uh, temptations that, that would, uh, were brought up by Sambalat. And, and uh, <clears throat> how did he deal with that? In verse 3, in the middle part of that verse, it says, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. He said, listen here, folks, I got something going on, and I can't. Stop what I'm doing. Listen, we need to be focused on what God has for us in our lives and not be easily distracted. And listen, those those folks came to him four times. And his answer was the same every time. Sometimes I I get busy doing something and I I do the right thing. I need to stay focused. We're moving right now and we're kind of setting the house back up. and, And you know, you... You go to the garage to get another box, and, 
and uh, something else in the garage. Ooh, hey, that could be done too. And so you get distracted. And, and next thing you know, you got three things that are undone in the house um, and because you got distracted by something. And, and listen, we need some focus in our lives to say, this is what God's given me. I'm going to stay committed to this. And regardless of how many times something may bump up, because sometimes, you know, the, it's that reoccurring thing that finally, okay, all right, I'll, I'll deal with this. But we, we ought to be focused on what God has for us in our lives. And like, like Nehemiah, just commit to, uh, regardless of the distraction or the temptation that comes, that we stay focused on what God has told us to do. Uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. Uh, do you ever find yourself mismanaging uh, time or yielding to distractions? I do. You know, sometimes that TV show turns into... Uh, you know, Netflix, what do they call it? Binge watching, right? You, I'm going to sit down and watch one episode of Andy Griffith, and next thing you know, there's 10 episodes that went by. Like, what a waste of time. What a waste of absolute time, right? But, but, but sometimes we, we allow ourselves to be distracted. And it's a dangerous thing because I believe the work of God is hindered in our personal lives and in the lives of our church because we don't set aside the time that we ought to, to be studying the Word of God and to be walking with God. And, and, and I'm not saying TV at times isn't a bad thing. I have a TV in my house. I have an iPad that has Netflix on it, right? But, but listen, we need to not allow those things to deter us from the purpose in which we were here. And, and that's to serve uh, the Lord and, and uh, be careful. <clears throat> Sometimes we get distracted. Did it, and you want you to think about that. Does it ever hinder you from accomplishing the work that God has for you to do? Uh, I know oftentimes it will at least delay us. And listen, the reality is when we're delayed, we're not going to get as much done as we could have, right? So when, when we don't get started at something, you know, if I need to change the oil in the car and I wait and I wait, you know, I could have changed the oil in both cars instead of just one uh, as, as a simple example. And, uh, <clears throat> Listen, like Nehemiah, God may not have called us to build a wall around a city, but he's called you to do something. And this morning, I want to ask you, what is that? Because it needs to be individual and personal in your life. What does God want you to do? You know, God wants us to have strong marriages uh, in our, in our <clears throat> relationships with our spouses, but it takes work. It takes effort. I came across an illustration this week, and and you know that when you fly and the, the, the flight attendant tells you if that oxygen mask drops down, what are you supposed to do? Put your kids on first, right? No, you're supposed to put yourself, your mask on first and take care of yourself because if you're incapacitated, you're no good to help anyone else. And the, the illustration was, you know, so oftentimes we focus on our children, and, and listen, mothers and, and fathers, we can get distracted in, 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 in serving our children and lose that relationship with our spouse. But that illustration went on and said, if we have our oxygen mask on with our spouse, and that relationship of husband and wife is, is what it ought to be, those children will be taken care of. We'll be able to meet their needs and and be able to train and teach them how we ought to be teaching them. But if our marriage relationship is broken down, we're going to be ineffective, even though we think humanly that we're doing a better job. 
Listen, we, uh, if your marriage is struggling, work on that. Uh, we got to raise godly children. Uh, it, it, it's of the utmost importance. As Caleb prepares to leave the home, he, he starts his senior year next year, and it just, my mind is like, I can't believe it. I remember when he was in the NICU as a premature baby, and it was like, we don't even know if we're going to take this kid home ever. And here we are, he's getting ready to leave our home. And, and listen, those things that we've done, they're done. And, and I don't have a lot of time he's left. Listen, time is important. The clock is ticking in our lives. Work on that marriage relationship. Focus on raising those children. Listen, uh, maybe, maybe what you need to focus on this morning is a more committed and focused walk with Christ every day of your life. Where are you at today with your walk with Christ? Do you take time to spend with the Lord every day? Concentrated, dedicated time to walk with God. I don't think it's as common as we might think it is in churches today. I think there's a lot of folks just getting by. I'm just being honest with what I see this morning and what I've had experienced in the past in my life. And if God wants to do something in and through us, or God does want to do something in and through us, and if you want God to do that in and through you, you have to set time aside to walk with your God. To, to get into the Word of God and to pray and to seek God's face and get the mind of God in your life in order to be a better servant for Him. Uh, there's stuff to do. God's called us to do something. Listen, there's probably people in your neighborhood or in your workplace that need to hear of Christ that have never heard Him before. Are you doing that? We don't have to build this wall around Jerusalem like Nehemiah, but we got things that God has charged us to do. Are you doing those things? Are you being that witness? Listen, I'll, be, I'll bear myself to you right now and be a little transparent. When I am in the workplace, I'm not a very good witness when I don't have a good walk with my Lord. That's the reality of it. I lose my confidence in my Christian life because I'm not in touch with the Savior. And consequently, my ability to be bold in my witness is hindered. It's, we have to walk with God every, each and every day. You're not just going to magically wake up and be a great soul winner. It's not going to happen. You have to seek God's face and ask God for help, ask God for boldness, ask God for the Holy Spirit filling. But listen, what, what is more important in this life than reaching souls for Christ? What? Your paycheck? Listen, I argue this morning, your family? But where are our priorities this morning? We, we, for years, for over a decade, I've heard that churches are closing by the thousands every year in America. Things are just, it, it, it's getting worse and worse. But why is that? That's because as individuals, we're not doing what we ought to do to walk with our God. We're lazy. We want to be spoon-fed. And we won't take the time, and it's not a big enough priority in our life to do that thing that we need to do to be the witness that we ought to be. Listen, in this morning, there's this work for you to do right here at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle as a member of our church. There's something for you to do here. God has called you here. You're part of this assembly, and there is a work for you to do in our church. You can talk to pastor. If you need a job, he's got jobs. 
And listen, we need to get busy. It's not, and, and I'm so thankful for our pastor's vision and, and wanting to move forward. And listen, folks, we need to get busy and, and find those things that, that are lacking in our church and, and pray about what God wants you to do to help Liberty to move forward for the cause of Christ. We've got to be serious about this business. There's nothing more important than reaching lost souls for Christ. Christ gave his life for that. That's the purpose as believers this morning that we ought to be doing. Listen, we fill our calendars with more than we can do oftentimes. We've got so much junk in our calendars, we don't know what to do with ourselves. A couple weeks ago, I had, I don't know how many alerts on, it's kind of nice technology, you get these alerts from Outlook or whatever, it's like, oh, I got 10 meetings this week, oh, shoot me. But uh, listen, we fill our stuff up, and we crowd our time out with everything but the things of God. We need to be careful. Are any of them distractions to what God would have us to do? You need to ask yourself that when you're putting stuff on your calendar. Is this going to hinder what God wants me to do in my life? I get it. I understand. We all have responsibilities. We all have uh, roles as husbands and wives and, and employees and things like that. But the whole purpose of, of me getting a paycheck from my employer is so I can serve the Lord. I can provide for my family, give to my church, and reach people for Christ. We can't lose sight of that. It's not all about buying a fancy house, which is funny for me to say because we just bought a house, but it's not fancy, by the way, but, um, but it, it's a nice home. But, but listen this morning, what's your purpose? Yesterday, a little bit in, in the men's prayer meeting, we, I talked about uh, being separated unto the gospel. The Apostle Paul was separated unto the gospel. God called him out, and, but I believe he also separated his life and, and made that the purpose of his life, and that ought to be ours. And we'll look at that more as we move on here. <clears throat> I got a limited amount of time. I'm trying to beat pastor's time slot here. but um, Listen, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. Are we planning our course without consulting God? You got all these plans, you got this calendar filled up, but have you looked to the Lord? Does the way that we manage our time reflect our priorities? Or more importantly, God's priorities? How's your time management? How are your priorities in your life this morning? <clears throat> I'm going to give you three uh, simple things that we can do or that, that, that often happen when we mismanage our time or our priorities in our life. And, and listen, it's in our planning. James thirteen or 4, 13 says this, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Listen here, this person, uh, business person, if you will, that was, was going to made some plans. Uh, listen, they forgot to include God in the planning. We're going to go do some things. We got some plans. We're going to go such and such a city, and we're going to do some things. And, and they lost track of what God had for them in their lives. And we know that because in verse 15 it says, For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And so uh, <clears throat> do what we do, or do we do that? 
excuse me, my notes are kind of jumbled up this morning. Do we squeeze God's agenda out of our lives? Have you ever done that? I've, I've been guilty of that at times. If we do even consider God, do we ask God to bless our plans rather than asking God to direct our plans? Did you get that this morning? Do we ask God to bless our plans rather than asking God to direct our plans? I've been guilty of that. I'm going to do this, and God, please bless. This is what I'm going to do. I need your help with it. Rather than God, I need your direction. God, set my priorities. Give me a plan. And, and seeking God in the things that we do. And, and, and these uh, here in, in James, they were, they were just going to do it. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Have you submitted all that you are, your thoughts, plans, and actions to the Lord? Have you submitted that to him? And said, listen, it's not my plan, Lord. It's not what I want. But it's you and what you want for my life. Lord, take me, direct my steps, and use me for your glory. As we include God in our planning, we should always be open to his rearranging our plans for his purposes, right? You ever set something in motion, you had a plan to do something, and then something unexpected happens, and and sometimes it's like, wow, the Lord really redirected me there. And sometimes it may not be so obvious, but you get frustrated because something happened. But likely that was the Lord. Possibly. Uh, I mean, life happens. But, but listen, this morning, we need to allow God to rearrange our plans. Don't get so focused on something that you want to accomplish or something that you want to do that you edge and squeeze God out of your life and you're focused on getting something done. Allow God to rearrange that. Seek God to help you establish and set those things. But, but listen, if you're off track, allow God to change it up. Listen, these folks here in, in James were presumptuous. Uh, what was wrong with the attitude of this, this person here or these, these, these businessmen? They presumed that their future plans were a done deal. Right? Look at verse 14. Whereas you know not what, or uh, <clears throat> go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city... And continue there for a year. Buy and sell and get gain. Hey, we got some plans. We're, we're assuming and we're pretty presumptuous that this is going to take place. And, and if we're not careful, we can do the same thing. And, and uh, we need to be careful that we don't do that. Uh, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. I want to remind you of these verses. I know they're well known. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Obviously talking about the care uh, of the things that of, of the world, God will take care of all of our needs. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Verse 34 says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. You guys notice that word therefore? We don't have to worry about tomorrow if we seek ye first. Sometimes we try to get this laissez-faire, careless attitude. Oh, God's got it. But we forgot the seeky first part. And then things unravel. God says he's going to take care of that tomorrow if we seek him today. 
and put God first in our lives today. He's going to meet our needs. He's going to provide for us and take care of those things. But we have to seek him and put the things of God and his righteousness first. Then we don't have to worry about tomorrow because those things will be taken care of. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Proverbs 27.1. You know life's unpredictable. It really is. I was predicting to go to the Senior NCO Academy in July. I did not go. Praise the Lord, I went to Silver State instead. Right? It's just unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. Listen, uh, I know this week we had several car accidents. When those folks got in their cars and started that engine up and and they set out to go wherever they they were going to go, I don't think any of them said, you know what, I think I'm going to ram the guy next to me. It's an accident. It's unpredictable. Listen, it changed the course of their day. They're weak. Some people, it changes the course of their life or it ends their life. Something as simple as an automobile accident. People die every day. Uh, we can't get too boisterous and presumptuous that we have tomorrow. All we are is guaranteed that we have today and right now. And we need to seek God and put him first in this moment and in every moment of our lives. And if we do that, we have the promise that God's going to take care of everything else. Life's unpredictable. Uh, Ray Charles said this, uh, found it in Reader's Digest and quotable quotes. It says, live every day like it's your last. Because one day you're going to be right. One day, that's going to be the case. We don't know what it is. And so every day, you need to live like it's your last day. And I don't know about you, but when I leave this earth, I want to be right with God. And I want to know that God is going to come to me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to be caught up in some distraction of, uh, of work or of whatever endeavor that's not for the cause of Christ. Today might be your last day on earth. It might be mine. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So we need to live today like it's our last day. And if you need to get some things right this morning, do it. Uh, Listen, we also see some trouble here with procrastinating. I am uh, the chief procrastinator probably. I like to put things off. And and, uh, I got some, when I was a, a young staff or tech, I can't remember, um, I got some great advice from a commissioned officer. This guy had a bachelor's degree, and, and he was an Air Force Academy graduate, and he was a captain, right? Now I know captains are like kids, you know. Like we went to the SOS while I was at Senior NCO Academy. I'm looking at all these 20-year-old goofballs going, wow, what do these kids know? Anyway, but uh, now if you're an OE, that's a little different. You're a little smarter. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Lost my train of thought. So, but uh, <clears throat> I completely lost it. I'm sorry. I distracted myself. Oh, procrastinate. Chief procrastinator. Yeah, so the captain, he came to me and he told me, uh, he said, if you, if you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute to do. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, no, I don't know. But he also said D stands for done in schoolwork. So, I don't know if that's a, 
you know. Uh, but uh, he's probably not the person to look up to for advice. But, but listen, I, I can procrastinate. And, I, and I praise the Lord, w- with God's help, I'm better at this now uh, than I have been in the past. And, and uh, <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 says, with not, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. We don't need to put stuff off. We don't need to put stuff off. Do you ever say, one day I'll start tithing? One day I'll invite so-and-so to church? You know, one day I'll start having a daily devotion or a daily walk with the Lord? You know, maybe one day I'll surrender my life to the Lord? Do you ever say that? Don't put it off. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We need to make the most use of every moment that we have, of all the time that we have every day. We do not know what tomorrow holds. Begin now to do those things God would have you do. All those things that you say, one day I'm going to, One day I'm going to make that today. Don't put off those things any longer. Verse 17 in in James chapter 4, it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Listen, if God's been working on your life to do something, and you keep saying one day or or tomorrow or, or eventually, listen, that's sin. If God's working in your life to do something and you're resisting and you're not doing it, that's sin. And uh, <clears throat> listen this morning, which of the plans in, in James chapter 14 do you tend to leave uh, God out the most? Maybe it's in planning your calendar where it says today or tomorrow. Do you consider God when you're, when you're planning that calendar out? Uh, picking the places you go, we will go into such a city. Do you inquire about God, where you're going to go? Maybe it's not a different city. Maybe it's uh, the establishes, establishments that you frequent. Uh, but do you put God first in those things? Planning your future, continue there a year? You ever consider God when you say, hey, we got some plans. We're going to do this or that. Did you see God's face? And, and uh, the pursuits in life to buy and to sell in, in that verse there. And then in your personal finances to get gain. Do you ever factor God into any of that? Listen, in every area there, God ought to have the number one place. In every decision in your life, God ought to be there. Uh, Listen, James says our lives are like a mist. In verse 14, it says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. The older I get, I start to think about what am I going to leave behind? I used to hear old preachers say that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm, when you're 20, you don't really think about that. When I'm pushing 40 now, and I know that some of you, that probably seems young. Uh, so, but uh, <laughs> what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? When you're gone... And people say, Justin DeGarmo, what are they going to think? 
when you're gone and they say your name, what are they going to think? Man, they had a lot of money. Did you see their house? That was nice. That truck they drove, that was nice. Is that going to mean anything? Or man, the testimony they had for Christ. The witness for Christ and the souls that were saved because of that individual. Allowing God to use their life. There are some old preachers and, and really old saints. You don't have to be a preacher to be a good Christian, right? Uh, that are gone off the scene. And you think of those names and, and what God did in your life maybe or what God you've experienced God do through their life. And, and we have fond memories of some of these old uh, saints of yesteryear. And we kind of almost celebrate what God did with their life. We think of the Apostle Paul. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything negative about the Apostle Paul. Anyone ever? Even when he argued about uh, taking John Mark and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's understandable, right? But no, there's nothing negative to say about it. Because his purpose in life was the gospel. And everything he did in his life, in his time and in his priorities, were ordered by reaching the lost for Christ. That's why we think so fondly of him. And what a great example he was of how to live the Christian life. What are they going to say when you're gone? I surely don't want him to say, man, that was a nice 2004 Duramax he had. It's a piece of junk, right? So it's old. It's paid for, though. But uh, none of those things are going to matter. But what's done for Christ is what counts. And I want folks to know that Justin Agarmo walked with God and he served the Lord. <clears throat> and, and, and I don't care if you guys think that, but if my boys do, yeah. I'll be okay. If my boys do, I'll be okay. What are folks going to say when you're dead and gone? Listen, it's one good thing. It's one thing to have good intentions regarding our time and our priorities, but it's another to actually prioritize our schedules to reflect God's values. We can talk about it all we want, but until we begin doing it, it doesn't mean anything. We need to make the things of God paramount, the priority in our lives. Listen, Jesus knew what it meant to balance his priorities with others. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 4. Talked about Nehemiah and, and some potential distractions in the ministry that God had given him. We'll see it in the life of Christ here. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 4 and verse 40, and we'll read on through the end of the chapter, it says, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ." And when it was day, I don't know if you caught that in verse 40, when the sun was setting, it indicates to me that the Lord was laboring all night, 
in the work of the ministry and healing and, and helping others. It says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Would it have been a bad thing for Jesus to continue there and to preach to those people? That's a good thing, right? Preaching the word, reaching people. Nobody would hold, say that's a bad thing, but that wasn't what the Father had for him. And, and, and we need to be careful that we don't allow good things to distract us from God's best thing for us. Jesus there said, I must preach, for therefore am I sent. He said, I got to go preach. That's why the Father sent me here. I got to go. I would love to stay here and minister to you, but this is what God has for me. Listen, get in tune with God and figure out where he wants you and go do it. Uh, don't, listen, don't accept what is good or even what's better for what is best. When I was in high school, we had a youth pastor. He was also the school administrator. He, we used to do this cheer, good, better, best. Let's never rest till our good is better and our better is best. Listen, we ought to be striving for the best that God has for us in our lives. Don't just settle and be content because you're faithful to church. Start serving and laboring in church. Uh, start becoming a part of what God is doing here. And have God, uh, seek God's wisdom on that. And, and listen, we need to be focused. No distractions, not even with good things. The Lord had an opportunity to be distracted with something that appeared good. But it's not what God wanted. God wanted him to go and preach because that's why he was sent. <clears throat> I got a couple things here this morning of simple ways that we can uh, help prioritize or use our time wisely. And this might seem corny to you, but I challenge you to do it and hear me out. I'm not saying you have to do it, but write a life mission statement reflecting God's priorities. Have you ever done that? Anybody ever done that? I've done it. Maybe that's because I'm in the military and we have mission statements and and uh, stuff like that. And But uh, it'll help you think about what your purpose is and what you will accomplish in your life. And you just, my mission in life is to... And I know for me, sometimes just putting it in writing helps me uh, think about that. And, and listen, I would encourage you to think of Philippians 1, chapter 27, if you're going to do that. And it, well, I just came from the NCO Academy, so I'll use an illustration from there. So we had to, there was a bunch of projects you have to do. They, make you, they expect you to learn things there. But um, So they call it a cascading mission or vision statement. So obviously, Headquarters Air Force has a mission, right? We're to kill the enemies of America, right? Defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, right? That, that's kind of the overarching constitutional uh, vision, but right? So the Air Force has a vision statement, and then it goes down to the major commands and all that kind of stuff, and it gets down here to the 28th Civil Engineer Squadron, right? To provide ready, equipped engineers, blah, 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 to build stuff, right? So, um, but it's cascading. So you have headquarters, 
lower headquarters, right? It starts at higher headquarters, and it all comes down, and then each unit should be uh, taking their mission statement and pulling from that one above them and then making it personal for their unit so the people that are in that organization understand what their mission is. And usually they have a vision statement, stuff like that. Listen, I challenge you to make a vision or a mission statement for your life with God and the Word of God as the priority, as the higher headquarters standard. What does God want me to do in my life? And I challenge you to think of this verse, Philippians 1.27, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. A mission statement that is surrendered around the gospel and reaching other people for the cause of Christ, striving for the gospel. Uh, So just an idea, if you don't have a mission statement, listen, include prayer in your planning. I'm talking about simple things we can do here. When you're setting that calendar and you're, 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 you're setting your priorities in life, pray about it. It sounds so easy, but how often is it overlooked? And I'm not talking about a quick mealtime prayer. Lord, please, I'm doing my calendar, bless. See God's face and say, God, I, I want to honor you with my life. I, I want to honor you in the priorities of my life. And say, God, I'm, I'm, I, I got to make a plan, right? We got to live life. That's just part of this process of, of uh, some people say, the human experience. And uh, listen, Jesus spent much time in prayer. We can look at example after example of Christ taking himself aside and praying to get in tune with the Father. If praying helped Jesus stay on track with the Father's plan for his life, how much more do you need it? I know I need it. And and listen, that sweet hour of prayer, boy, it's so sweet to get in touch with the Lord. And just commune with him and, and, and just feel his presence. And, and man, it calms your spirit and, and helps me focus. And, and listen, are you communing with God and, and as you set plans for your life and priorities in your life? And, and, and listen, the last thing, simple. I'm talking simple stuff. Obey what God has already led you to do. That's pretty simple, Right? We talked about it earlier, talking about procrastinating, putting some things off that God's led you to do. Listen, just begin obeying what you already know God has told you to do, specifically in the Word of God, or if maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, hey, maybe you should volunteer for this ministry. Maybe you should witness to that person. Begin obeying what God has already told you to do. We're talking easy stuff today. Do you need to ask someone's forgiveness or do you need to forgive someone? Do you need to pay some money, someone money that you owe? Do you need to share Christ with someone that God has been dealing with you? You have a coworker that God's been impressing on your heart to witness to that person and you're resisting, you're not being obedient. Do you need to surrender to the Lord in an area of your life? 
Listen, I can speak from personal experience. When you resist, it's miserable. And you can kind of get by because you soothe your conscience by being faithful to church. And you're in Sunday school, by the way. This is the Sunday school crowd. And, And so you kind of feel okay. But you don't truly know the peace and the comfort that comes when you're totally surrendered unless you've experienced that. Listen, we need to begin obeying what God has for us in our lives today, right now. Submit to what the Lord has for you in your life today. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we will live and do this or that. Skipping down to verse 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Listen, this morning I challenge you, if there's something that God's been working in your life, I challenge you to surrender that to him today. Don't procrastinate. Don't make the assumption that you have tomorrow. Take action today to make that relationship and begin doing those things that you know God already wants you to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life and in my heart through this passage. And I pray, Lord, that we would get a hold of this. Lord, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And Lord, we need to make the most of today, redeem that time, Lord, and to get right with you and to begin doing those things that we know we ought to do and that you desire us to do. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, direct our paths, give us wisdom and direction. And I pray, Lord, that you would take our church and do great and mighty things for the cause of Christ. Lord, we pray that souls will be saved and lives changed because of the people in this room that surrendered. And Father, now we pray for your blessing on the morning service. I thank you for preacher. Pray, Lord, that you fill him with the Spirit. Lord, give liberty today. I pray, Lord, that you do work in our midst. And Lord, that each one would leave here closer to Christ than when we came. And we'll give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.